Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Charlie Baker. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, we're very lucky to be joined in the studio by a man we both work with. Our colleague, Paul. Harry Hill. Uh, he's written his autobiography and it's very entertaining and he was very entertaining as always, so we spoke to him. Uh, we talked some serious sport with David Coulthard, who we understand we couldn't see him down the line. He was on Zoom. Yeah. He's just got to uh, San Paolo for the Grand Prix at the weekend. Yeah. Our producer, John, could see him, mm. and he's taken to a sunbed with his laptop, and he was topless in a little pair of Speedos you know talking what? to, you know uh, what, talking Paul, to John. If I was David Coulthard, if I had those cheekbones my whole life, you'd, and I was in San Paolo as an ex-Formula One driver, I wouldn't even own a shirt. No, no yeah, really, you wouldn't. Fantastic. <laughs> Um, so we did that. Uh, we found out how you can uh, get the naming rights to a football stadium for £20. We had a chat. Lovely you got chat. involved. Yeah, it was all a bit loose today, as yeah, the top is. of the show uh, will um, show you. Anyway, here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Charlie. And we should say, after you finished the warm-up on Saturday, yes. you were heading home. Heading home. Tired, the phone rang, Tired. And, and it, was, it was the agent. It was the it? agent. The agent. Hey, kid, do you want to yeah. be in show business? Yeah, so yeah, what the agent, we, the agent, I think I'm allowed. I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about it, oh, Paul. Oh, really? But I think well, I have. Well, we know it's, it's been, happened. You can't tell it's us happened. what went on. It's happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But everybody um, knows it happened. Do, can you be at the London Palladium for five o'clock? Yeah. Will you warm up for Adele? Yeah. And I was like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I guess I, so I, I got not home. Not singing. This is not singing. Kind of not singing. You Hello. Yeah. It's me. Yeah, you didn't have to I do that. I was wondering. No, she I didn't want me to. Be good. I the idea that you went on and did about six or seven of her songs <laughs> yeah, 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 before yeah. she came on and did just, them herself. I'll go give up on and I just keep chasing pavements. Yeah. Everybody, really spoil it for her. Yeah. You know? That's right, turn him into a pub sing-along. <laughs> Just you on a piano yeah. like Mrs Mills, it'd be fantastic. Then she comes out, heard it! Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Heard well, it. Yeah, I've heard these sort of... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Charlie's just done that one. Yeah. Got any of the obscure yeah. albums? Do a stuff. new one. Yeah, got any new ones. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so Very Charlie, exciting. Oh, what a gig. Oh, what a mate, gig amazing you. gig. Really, really lovely. Uh, We're lovely doing audience. Bruce, the late great Bruce. And you pass Bruce's ashes in, mm. the, in the wings, don't yeah. you? They're in the, the walls of, of the Palladium. Yeah. It's an fitting. incredible building. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a Frank Matcham Auditorium, Paul, which is, if you Google all those, all the best yeah. theatres are... Frank Matching. Right? I mean, because you walked onto a stage. I mean, well, the celebrities all in front of you. So yeah. We know, again, we've seen pictures of them. Not of really allowed to say who's there, but it no. was proper A list ball. Because a yeah. lot of these times, these sort of. Uh, so you an, make... an audience with you'll have you know you've seen it. It's, so you, Idris Elba, you it's can't Wincy say... Willis. Yeah, but... you know it's it's <laughs> it's Lizzie from uh, from TVAM. You know, but you can't work the crowd. You can't say to Idris no. Elba, "Oi, mate, uh, what's your name? Where you're from? What do you do?" Because no. <laughs> yeah. you know exactly what he does. And who he what's is? What's your name, mate? Yeah, it's just uh, I mean, it, it doesn't really. Where work. you're from? Oh, yeah. Hollywood. Okay, oh, okay. Yeah, okay. What are you in, Luther? Oh, blimey. Yeah. Okay. That's why yeah. I like that. It was great. It yeah. was like an anxiety dream. You know, it was like yeah. uh, he stood there and wow, you sort of recognise everybody in the audience really? you can't really work out why yeah. you know um but yeah, look, it's great it was that they a can, lovely it's crowd. It's great that they can call on you like that. I just think of other people here at TalkSport, and I include myself <laughs> on that, who could get a late call like that. Yeah. I just, I can't, I mean, you know, with respect, I could be wrong. I can't imagine Tony Incenzo just <laughs> doing that gig at very, at very short notice. You can see the, I mean, I, the moose turning up, Paul. He, yeah, the moose. I mean, I'm not, I'm just saying. It's, My it's, very it's, good friend, it's, Adele. It's a mark, it, uh, Tony's excellent at what he does, but I'm not altogether sure 
much like me, and I'd include myself in that, just suddenly get a phone call ten minutes late, you're standing yeah. in front of lots of celebrities yeah. warming up a crowd for a day. I was amazing. hoping Ryan Reynolds would be there so I could talk him out of Wrexham and get him down to get the goals, you know, talk. get He's, the money yeah, down there. a proper club, Ryan. But yeah. And then you're being led off the stage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyway. it, was, it, was, it was a lovely, yeah. lovely show. And, and, it's and going she, she, Paul, was immense. Incredible She's voice. the real deal. Oh, yeah. It well. felt like I was stood... Because that stage is held, you know... You stood in the wings Edith, watching. Edith Pia, Frank Sinatra, Judy any Garland. big name you've ever thought of as that stage has been Black on. Lace. You know, exactly. They've all been oh, there. They've all, they've all been there, yeah. Paul, you know. Joe Dolce there, you they've know. They've all been there. And she stood there in the middle... Well, banging out songs she'd that's written. quite handy for the cameras you're from fine child isn't it really not the back back yeah. left she went yeah. back left she went back left she stood the behind the drummer to... Paul I didn't understand it a bit weird she's a bit shy <laughs> anyway a couple of things to get going on today Ollie quite a lot of the managers have, have having a bit of a break understandably you know the ones that haven't been sacked uh, need a break uh, Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer uh, looks like he's gone home to Norway uh, but he turned up not with the kind of uh, rolly, sort of expensive-looking luggage, but what looked like a, an IKEA bag on his back as he boarded the plane. It was a big old <laughs> yeah. blue sack, like, wasn't it? You'd expect you see footballers a lot of the time with their yeah. luggage, and, and it's very you know, Louis Vuitton and very stuff, beautiful handcrafted stuff. hand. You know, crafted, yeah. sort of the Johnny Weaver sort of stuff. You know, yeah, the really end, beautiful top, top end, end stuff. Yeah, yeah. stuff. But he had like a big, the old big, big old, sports direct. Yeah. Was he going to have a massive yeah. mug as well? Paul? See the yellow and blue handles on it. So yes. Charlie, Charlie's choice today is tales of bad luggage. And yeah. we're looking for. Sometimes you have to improvise. Bags break, and you have to improvise with your luggage. And you look, look a bit, look a bit shonky. If you've ever had to move it. flat in a in a quick rush, Paul. Yes, you've, we've all used a black carrier. Yeah. Or, <laughs> <laughs> you know, those big, the big IKEA bags are often used as yeah, luggage, they I think. Are. But, they are often used. You know, used when you've just got to go, oh, God, I need a bag. Yeah. <laughs> any, just any bag. Carrot, turn up with your stuff in a Sainsbury's well, carrier. Let us know. Do let us know if you've, had, you've yes. got some uh, impromptu uh, bad luggage tales. The other thing was mistaken identity. This is off the back of uh, your son's football team. Tell us what happened, Charlie. Oh, well, we, uh, we, they had a lovely game Sunday, very, very good game away. Mm. And uh, it was a cup game. They, they threw the second round of the cup. Brilliant. It was a draw. Oh, yeah. Lovely. Two lovely goals. Two great, really a well. A draw. So they, they, really well. they went from pens? Straight or? to pens. Straight oh, yeah. to pens. And uh, very well refed. My son's team won. They were in a slightly higher division. Yeah. So it was very nice. So mm. you then, you know, it's always a little baggy with the parents afterwards. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like, oh, well done. You don't want to sound too sort of like, oh, well done, your team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they did really, very, well. very well. You did yeah. very Not, well. Yeah, okay, <laughs> you know, yeah. you don't want to sound like that. No. But yeah, so anyway, on the way, walking with him out to the car park with one of the dads, I see a guy in a uh, black top in the car, and I went, Oh, well done, ref. Thanks a lot, mate. Cheers. Thanks a lot. Well played, ref. Cheers. He went, I'm not the ref. <laughs> Just a bloke in a black shirt. Just, just a bloke in a black jumper. <laughs> Furious. Because his son's team what? had just lost on penalties. Yeah, and you mistook him for the ref. <laughs> mistook him for the ref. So we I were, don't know if we could do, you know. Well, we worked on the basis that, that could happen, obviously, yes. uh, uh, more than once. But in shops, it happens a lot. We oh, discovered yeah. our producer, who is, got, you know, relatively well turned out. Always smart, was hanging he? around in, probably shoplifting, I would imagine, <laughs> hanging around in Next one day. Um, and <laughs> he was approached by three people. Approached <laughs> by three people for... Have you got these in a 32? He does know. look... But He's now got... he says it, he looks like he works in Next. Yeah. He could he could, he could be at least assistant manager. Yeah. I think well, Next. one day. One day, you know, not overnight. <laughs> not but overnight. One day if he works hard. Exactly, you know. So anyway, uh, let us know. I mean, it happens a lot in B&Q. B&Q's if wearing, the one. If you're wearing like, anything vaguely orange. If you're, if you're going on, if you're on, on a Holland easy shirt jet, in b Easy Jet or Sainsbury's you're and you're wearing orange. You, honestly, if you went into a B&Q in a, in a uh, Holland shirt, you could drive a forklift around for three hours and no one would notice. Uh, I've got a big coat that's yellow and black, Paul, which, yeah. you know, and I wear it now and again in Your the winter. Your missus thinks you like you work for the AA. <laughs> she thinks I'm if about you, to turn up, get someone's car going. It's true. If you stood out by the door of a motorway services <laughs> Down at Lee, Lee Delamere accosting people as they went in in your North Face coat the people saying that's alright mate I'm with the RAC just, it's only £12 a month mate do you yeah. know <laughs> <laughs> I don't even work for them <laughs> so uh, anyway do let us know this afternoon talksport.com text yeah. 1089 tweet TSH&J it might be uniform related but a bit of mistaken identity uh, Ian Danter's in with toys in the attic attic toys in the <laughs> and I don't want to miss a thing miss a thing everybody I don't want to I don't to. want to miss a thing yeah, look, it's got limited appeal, really. The songs of Aerosmith brought to life in the style of uh, Bruce Forsyth. I don't see that flying particularly this afternoon, but we'll see. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. 
One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and t-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part, for every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. <laughs> this is Paul's being uh, Charlie Baker here on Talk Sport. Now, uh, people did different things. People did different the things. The red light wasn't on then. It wasn't worry, yeah, was Did different things in lockdown and uh, with, with no live material Oops. to uh, do, no chance to do gigs. No. Uh, Harry Hill uh, decided to write his autobiography to put it all down to lay, well, I just him, thought to lay himself bare. There's just not enough comedians writing autobiographies. <laughs> I mean, there's a gap. I saw a gap in the market and I thought that needs plugging. That's right. Uh, it's called Fight, of course. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Was it, I mean, well, a question you often ask when someone does this was it a cathartic experience? Did you come away cleansed? Uh, you know what? <laughs> Some of it. Some of it I really enjoyed. So the bits that I really enjoyed writing about was growing up in the 70s, mm. okay? And now the 70s gets a very bad rap, obviously, you know, since the advent of Operation U-Tree. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, say what you like. But yeah. Anyway, the... Um, mm. But actually, for me, as a kid in rural Kent, you know, up until I got to about, I don't know, 15 or something, it was just great. It was yeah. brilliant, you know, the hot summer of 76, Jubilee year, all that. Mm. Uh, so that was fun. Um, and then, uh, and I really like writing about the old, um, you know, the early days when I was starting to be a stand-up. Mm. That was, that was there, the kind of ex- particularly exciting for me. And, um, but the rest of it, I've c- tried to concentrate on the flops. <laughs> the kind of stuff that went wrong. Because I always think when you read um, autobiographies, you always think, oh, it's all right, mate. Yeah, yeah. oh, I'm a big success. I mean, have you ever read uh, Max Bygrave's one? No. Oh, it's great. It's really <laughs> funny. It? He goes, um, so I'm on I'm on with um, Judy Garland at the <laughs> London Palladium and she rips the roof off and I think, there's no way I'm going to be able to follow that. And I go on and I was fantastic. I was even better than, got an even bigger reaction. Fancy that. And I go, always wanted to, and I thought to myself, Maxie, you always wanted a Rolls Royce. Who would have thought two years later, there I am driving around a Rolls Royce. <laughs> So I think the better stories, mm. you know, are the mm. things that, that that go wrong or the sort of cock-ups. You know, yeah. so there's a whole chapter about I can't sing the... Uh, yes. <laughs> the, the um, you know, X Factor musical I did with Steve. Um, Charlie Baker, of course. I was in that. Charlie, that's how I yeah, met Charlie. Exactly. With the cast, yeah, exactly. exactly. What was your part, I appeared Charlie, to, I was just looking through it. I'm a bit, uh, in the flop section. I'm in a few of those things, which is a bit <laughs> of a shame <laughs> for me, a comment, it? Since it's been going wrong, <laughs> that's been a common denominator. I, mean, yeah, you know, I feel like that? I've just dragged yeah, you yeah. down. You know, it's very much like Paul. Paul's been doing this show for 21 years, and I'm just dragging it down to my level now. He just comes in, he's like an anchor. Yeah. This yeah. is fantastic. It's like a dead weight. Yeah, because yeah, I didn't know you were a comic, Charlie. I, you know, you came in. I remember you coming in, coming in for that audition, and yeah. um, 
and you were re- and you you said uh, and Steve says something like, "Can you rap?" and you went into a what was that? I did. Um, NWA. I went into no Public Enemy. I oh, went into nice. to yeah. bring the noise. I went into. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, so I'm in the room, Paul. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I remember. And, and and but I was so so excited to meet you. <laughs> That's the only reason I took the audition was because oh. I wanted to meet you. So I was yeah. like, I was like, oh, I'll do that. And then if it's a disaster, it doesn't matter, you know. But you offered me the job in the room, yeah, and I said, great. and I said. Oh, I've got a couple of gigs, but yeah, I'll see if I can do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is very, very nice. Yeah, so, that's fantastic. Know. There's, some, nice there's some lovely stuff, some beautiful pictures in here as well. Of yeah. Uh, Pre glasses as a young child. You write about that, your first pair of glasses, don't you? Because yeah. they were much a, a trademark, but a bit of a painful time as a teenager. Well, I it was. I was torn because, you know, I was about nine and I went and had my eyes tested. Hmm. Uh, and and I, I've got the glasses. Yeah. And of course, I didn't know. You know, I, all I'd ever seen was like sort of... A blurred world. Yeah, mm. like an Impressionist painting. <laughs> and I came out, oh my, everything's so clear, I can't yeah. believe it. Yeah. Like that, and I thought, is this fantastic? <laughs> yeah. You know, then I went to school and they, you know, old four eyes, you know, got, you know, Joe 90. And like I say in the book, <laughs> okay, it's not 12 years a slave. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but for me, that was as bad as it got. Right. You know, uh, but your look, your look has been... <laughs> For your career, especially, yeah, it it's been out. fantastic, isn't it? Because you're instantly recognisable. When did you come up first with the collars and the yeah. and the glasses and the, and, the, and the suit and the and the whole that the look that people? Well, it's what you could buy. It was what you could buy in charity shops then. Yeah. You know, mm. suits in the when you were buying suits in the eighties and nineties from charity. Uh, charity shops they were 60s suits yeah and if you go and buy them now this will probably 90s you know um and then i had one i had one shirt with a big collar and every i just i did it wore that a couple of times and everyone said oh that big collar thing's good and i thought oh yeah okay so i yeah. had some then when i got a bit of money I, I had some made you know which was a expensive but yeah. uh just you know it's just Happy accident, really. You talk about what made you do it for the first time. You talk about the kind of comedy influences and the things you yeah. love, but then you talk about what made you for the first time go on stage and do it yourself. So, what, what was it? What? Well, what? What? When I was in, a, yeah, as a, no, as a, not, no, not the Cubs, not no, the not, not the, the Cubs. not Aladdin in the Cubs. Yeah. I mean, I'm spamming, when, you, when you first thought I'm going to give this a crack, I, I think I could be a comedian. Well, you yeah. know, when I was growing up, I I, I, I love mm. comedy, and I, it kind of spoke to me in a way, and I thought, I would, God, this is this would be great, and mm. I, you know, and I would think of jokes and. But I could not for the life of me work out how you became a comedian. I could see how you became an actor. You could go to drama school. Uh, and so I would listen, to, I would read those autobiographies and mm. it would be, they'd all come out of the Second World War. Yeah. Oh, you know, join Enser and, and I was thinking, what so we need. So you needed a war. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what we need to war. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, the alternative cabaret thing. I end up mm. at uh, medical school in Tooting. And I start going to, you know, the locals of jonglers in, in Battersea yeah. in those days when it wasn't the sort of, you know, mm. Euro bond dealers and uh, yeah. two shows a night. Um, <laughs> and the banana cabaret, car, you know, they were, I mean, they were just, yeah. I mean, mm. you know, I talk about Sean Locke in, in this book. Yeah. And uh, I was, I, you know, was talking to him, you know, last year about basically we had the best of it, I think. I yeah. had, you know, my generation, there was so much work, you know, all these clubs, 50, 60, 70 clubs in, in London mm. and you could work every night of the week and mm. you could double up on a Friday. You honing know. the act all the time, getting better and better. you get yeah. the stage time, mm. that was it. Yeah. So uh, I would go and I went, uh, I remember going to see uh, a gig at um, in the, the Shakespeare's Head in Carnaby Street and on the bill was Jack D, and oh, I was a massive fan of mm. Jack D, I still am, and um, Lee Evans. Yeah. And I was sat in the front row and, and he, they was he was so funny, and I remember looking round at all these people, and they were just like rocking back, mm. like just convulsed in laughter. And I remember thinking, however funny I am, I'll never be as funny. I'll mm. never get this reaction. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? It was just. <clears throat> but the fact was, you know, I was basically two feet away from the stage, so it, it made me think. Yeah, it's just it's a short step. Mm. I mean, yeah. you could see how you could maybe try it. So. You know, and I was in a, a double act for a little while. Yeah. Well, we were working on something the other day, and you said, and I said, um, know, <coughs> know thy audience, you know, that yeah. old Greek thing of know, know thy audience. And you said immediately, uh, know, thy, know thy audience and pander to them, right? Which, yeah. is, <laughs> which is something I don't think you've, you've no. ever, ever done. And where, where does that strength and 
strength of character to stick with your thought process because you are convinced it's funny. Where's that? Where does that come uh, from? Do you well, you have to take you have to take mm. the the reaction of the audience into consideration. Mm. I mean, you you've got to try stuff. But if you're convinced of it, normally there's something about it which is uh, which is funny, I think, and you yeah. haven't found it. So, I mean, I've got like gags I've been working on for twenty years that you know <laughs> you haven't quite that I haven't, haven't got there. Yeah, and I talk about that. I mean, I had this big. <laughs> it was like a kind of um, almost like a signature joke. I had this mm. beds 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 routine, which it was a long shaggy dog story without a punchline, and it ended up in me shouting beds 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 beds. And I did it the first time at, at Rice Slip Golf Course, right. a golf club. <laughs> <laughs> Completely died, right? And I came off, I was on the bill with Tim Vine. And I said, oh, you know, what do you think about that beds routine? He said, oh, no, that's great. He said, no, that'll be really good. And, I, and, and that gave me the confidence. And, you know, and, and that was like a big, that was a, like yeah. a closer yeah. for me. Mm. That, you know, and, and that, I always cling to that is that, you know, you... Often, if you think there's something in it, there's you know you just haven't. I just haven't met you yet. <laughs> <laughs> there's advice. We'll come back to this as, as we continue chatting. There's advice for comedians. We'll talk about the way it has all changed, and you hinted at that. But all the time you were starting to try and be a comedian, you were still a serving yeah. medic. You were a doctor, weren't you? I mean, yeah. I mean, I did that. I had my first open spot at the comedy store, and I was doing a locum at Southampton General Hospital. And I used to have this old Maxi, P. Reg Maxi. <laughs> And um, we had this, at that time, they were getting a lot of Dutch doctors over. Right. Young Dutch doctors who were pretty clueless, really. And I said to him, he didn't speak a hell of a lot of English. And I said to him, I need you to do me a favour. And he goes, yeah, sure, you know, what do I? I said, you follow me out to the car park. And I got in the car and I, and he, I got him to give me a push stop because the, <laughs> the battery was always flat on mm, this maxi. Yeah, so yeah. he's pushing me around. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Headed off up the M3 to the comedy store and did my um, wow, wow, yeah. Did my open spot. It's just so thrilling and exciting. I remember coming back, you know, I was on fleet services on the way, stopping at fleet services, mm. you know, two in the morning or something and getting a big fry up because it was just, uh, I mean, I didn't get booked. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it was just the life, you know. It was, yeah. So what? What? what just finding this before we had the break. What was the kind of catalyst for giving it up? What I mean, what was that big call? What did you? What did your folks make of it? And every oh, you, giving up medicine. Yeah, giving up yeah. medicine to say I'm, I'm, I'm throwing still my do lot comedy in. a bit. I'm throwing. My- <laughs> Oh, you're still doing comedy. God bless you. But, but so, yeah, I mean, how did that play with with the family and everything? Well, know? not. I mean, I didn't really tell my. I mean, it was my mum really. Yeah. My stepfather had died mm. uh, conveniently. No, my stepfather had died, <laughs> <laughs> and my mum. Uh, I just said to my mum. <laughs> I said to my mum, "I'm taking a year off." Right, okay. Which seemed acceptable to her because I think, you know, people did take years off. And mm. I mean, you didn't, you absolutely didn't in medicine at that time. Yeah. If you took a year off, that was it career wise. Mm. It meant you were going to be a GP or a psychiatrist. Oh. <laughs> These GPs or psychiatrists listening. Yeah. To back then, they're going to feel in. ten feet tall, aren't they? It was back, you know. Back yeah. then, it was, you know, yeah. you, you're not. If you're a high flyer, you've got to, you know, you've got to keep going. Stick with it. A set career path. Oh. So, uh, yeah, I just gave it up. And well, you know what I did? I wrote this play, uh, mm. terrible play, took yeah. it to Edinburgh, and I got this... Um, terrible review. That's how the book starts, isn't it? Two-line yeah. review. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This show is a dud and deserves only box office failure. Which is pretty... <laughs> <laughs> God, that's a bit on the nose, isn't it? Wow. Uh, Harry Hill oh. is with us. We will have tips for any aspiring comedians. If you flip with yourself, it's like Harry did. It's only a short step from this front row to It's a great speed. life. Yeah, mm. yeah, it's a great life. It's worked out well for him. So we'll, keep, we'll continue chatting about that um, shortly his autobiography is out is it out now is it in the it's shop? out on Thursday I mean I've Thursday. got a copy but I mean you can yeah. pre-buy it I think whatever okay. you call it pre-buy it to be yeah. honest I've just ordered Max Bygraves yeah it's very very, very good. good come on and <laughs> fight it's called and more you f- need hands more from, Har- more from Harry in a moment the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast Harry Hill with us in the studio. He's written his autobiography. It's called uh, Fight. And uh, he had just given up being... When we left him, he'd just given yes. up being a doctor mm. and had gone, thrown himself into stand-up comedy. I and mean, then, I'm still amazed that I that I 
did do that because I'm not, I, you know, I was very sort of straight down the line, you mm. know, middle class, good boy, never got in trouble, never took a risk, really. You know, always just did what I was told. You so need a thick a, skin to do that, John. I mean, did, was that what was it like at first, getting the knockbacks and stuff? Because you always cope with that. Oh, God, no. I mean, like, so the first open spot I did, I got a half booking from, which mm. was like, wow, this is like, oh, yeah, you know, this is my... Mm. Then the second one was a bit tough. And then the third one was at the Bearcat in Twickenham. Just nothing, mm. like complete silence. And I remember going home. I, I heard was, about that. <laughs> <laughs> in this flat. <laughs> in this flat I was living in, and I was just in a cold sweat. I mean, I didn't, I didn't sleep all night. And for, you know, two weeks afterwards, I was just, what have I done? Oh, mm. my God. What were you thinking? <laughs> of course you can't do it. You know, it was like that. Yeah. Mm. It was... Um, and then, then what I'd about you, but now if I have a bad gig, you know, I've forgotten. I get in the car and within 10 minutes I'm thinking, oh, what's for dinner? You know, yeah. But you used to have a lovely heckle put. What was your heckle put down? Well, the chicken. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I never had a good heckle put down because, I, you know, I would just, you know, the worst thing you do is get angry, as you know, mm, yeah. and you swear at them. <laughs> and actually, I just remember, it, I talk about it in the book, I was um, heckled at the Hackney Empire New Act of the Year. The tr the heats were in the pub next door, mm. and and, so, and the local people <clears throat> weren't really there for the comedy. They was they were like, oh, what's this, you know. And this guy sh shouts, at, you know, something at me, rather rude, mm. and I told him to something mm. off, and... Uh, he shut up and then, but as I was walking out, he comes after me with a bottle, <laughs> right, and smashes it on the pavement. Oh hey, like this, sort of wow. very drunk. Mm. And mm. Uh, I was on with Helen Austin. You remember Helen Austin, oh. guitar player, singer, oh, funny, right, funny, right, yeah. Right. And she's, she offered me a lift back and I said, get the car, Helen. <laughs> <laughs> He's chasing me around the car. It'd be great that you still had the maxi and the Dutch fellow was still pushing it as it drove off. <laughs> I think Dutch doctors could be a good oh, di oh, daytime oh, yeah. ITV. Oh, yeah, Dutch doctors. Dutch doctors. The, yeah. the heady days of the 70s when they shipped in load of Dutch doctors. Yeah, yeah. You Pick up where that. Van der Volk left off. Yeah. <laughs> I always thought there was never like a very famous uh, detect Dutch detective because you would always hear them... Um, Creeping up on the uh, because of the wooden shoes <laughs> yeah, make it would make it difficult. Wouldn't it was yeah. the clogs that gave yeah. you away. Now, uh, that the, the, the sort of TV, the opportunity to do. You had the Channel Four show on TV, yeah. which I used to love, and then. And then the Badger Parade and Badger all that. Parade, you know, my, yeah. my father-in-law loves Badger Parade. Big brother Parade. and little brother Alan and stuff. Yeah. And it's a lot of fun. You know yeah. how that that <clears throat> Badger Parade came around was that I was on tour and I was really bored and we mm. went past a um, charity shop in Liverpool. And they had all these badges in the window, like, you know, soft toy badges. Mm. I said, you stop the car. I said, I've had an idea. So I go in and I say, how much are the uh, badges? And they go, oh, no, love, you know, it's no chuck. It's uh, it's for display purposes only. Yeah, yeah. Like and I said, oh, come on, you know. Every man has their price. <laughs> and she goes, oh, 50p. <laughs> <laughs> Drove a hard bargain. Wow. So I got six badges or whatever it was. Yeah. And that night I just strung them on a bit of fishing wire and pulled them across the stage. So the rest is history. Yes, yeah, of yeah. course. <laughs> uh, we should maybe go on to TV, Bert, because you say the yes. question people ask. Well, that's is, both of you, though, isn't it? Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. Paul, Paul you, you wrote on TV, I'm, Bert, with, well, with, with Harry. Uh, we're the only two that did. Oh, well, and Peter Orton. With, Peter Orton, yeah, did the did the pilot. I the remember only... the pilot that you did in a, in a yellow Heidi hijack. I know. Not I know. In, the, in the black suit. What was I thinking? But you used to fill in now and again for Gary Bushell when he did his TV column and you'd write it and yeah. you felt there was a TV show in it and yeah I owe my success to Gary Bushell wow, yeah, yeah, yeah Gary yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you thought there is a TV and I remember the, the pilot was very different we, we went down some fairly strange avenues before the kind of format was yeah like the format evolved didn't it well really, we I remember book. doing yeah we did a tryout in a pub in Canary Wharf mm. do you remember that yes I yeah. do yeah yeah so it was me at a desk with a TV mm. and a VCR wasn't it and um and I remember thinking, coming away from it, thinking, "Yeah, this is there's something in this." I don't know how you felt, but yeah. I thought, "Oh yeah, this is something." Uh, but I remember in the car on the way back, it was lashing with rain, and the driver said, "What you've been up to?" And I said, "Oh, I, yes, it's a TV show about about TV." Yeah. And he said, "Oh yeah, good luck with that." <laughs> Everyone's a critic. Great, isn't it? I think the thing that comes across in TV burp a lot a lot <clears throat> of the time is obviously the two of you as well. You both love television mm. and that and that mm. comes out in, in the show is that you both love 
the subject, and it's and so everything that, that we didn't by the end. No, 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 no. no. It, did, <laughs> no. it did test your love of yeah. television watching. But it's so forensic. It's so forensic. Yeah. What you're yeah. doing is that. Is that have you always loved? Te- you talk about well, loving the seventies, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the seventies. It was the only way to find out anything. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you and to see, you know, top of the pops, for instance, you to find out what was going on, you know, yeah. or, or uh, well, any anything that you know. Uh, it's funny enough. I've been what I I haven't really I don't watch clips of TV. Well, I mean, obviously I don't, and, yeah. and I can't remember a lot. I watch clips of TV mm. both on YouTube, and I can't remember even recording them. <laughs> but I've been watching because I'm doing this book, little book tour thing. Oh, you got uh, a book out of you? <laughs> <laughs> Should have mentioned it. <laughs> and, and so I've I've been looking at a few clips of it, and um, I've really I forgot how how dense the laughs were. Mm, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm not yeah. talking myself up because it's it was you, it was Dan, it was Brenda, and and. To a lesser extent, Dave. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we were absolutely... we got Dave on line one. Hi, yeah. Dave. <laughs> and, and I think why it was so good was that you were really hard on me, not you personally, but mm. you writers were really tough on me. Mm. They were, you would never let me get away with something. Mm. And similarly, I was tough on you, yeah. I think. And Spencer, the producer, was very... Tough on know, all of us. Yeah. Tough on all of us. <laughs> yeah, I used to yeah. dread his emails. Mm. Cut. <laughs> Really? Yeah. Say, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I think that was, uh, yeah. but you could, you know, you, you, you can't keep that level up. You just can't keep that level up. It was, uh, um, but yeah, it, it was, um, it was a lot of fun. But I suppose, but, but once people but, started to trust you with the format, once yeah. you've done three or four series, they tried to cancel people, us. But people you, trusted you, it, didn't they? they so, were so you could to cancel us. For you yeah, could yeah, go yeah, off on any they? tangent you wanted yeah. because people trusted that they'd come back to the funny in the middle of it. Yeah. yeah, they tried to change the title. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. Series three, I got called in. We want to change the title. Uh, really? What, what After two three series? Don't yeah. know. Coronation yeah. Street. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah, because the guy's secretary uh, didn't like the title, so she never watched it. So that was your focus group. Yeah, yeah, yeah curious. Um, um, so um, we're nearly out of time, sadly. Mm-hmm. But what does I mean? I t- you had a chat, but I mean, I know from Charlie, mm. you had a chat with Gareth Southgate, the England manager, the other day. Yeah. So can yeah. you bring us any news of tactics ahead of the two World Cup qualifiers? So was it, we Will were Smith Rowe <clears> get a game? Do you think? Or? Yeah. Charlie, you know, and me were at this Adele gig, mm. and um, I walk in, and there's Gareth Southgate, yeah. and I go, "Oh, hello, Gareth." You know, and he goes, "What's all this about? Uh, what? Why was the the badger called Gareth Southgate?" Oh yeah, of course, Gareth Southgate badger. <laughs> and I, I felt like saying, "Well, because you missed that penalty." <laughs> <laughs> I said, oh, I don't think there was a reason really, Gareth. Anyway, how's it going? <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, and I get, yeah. I mean, I didn't get stuck. <laughs> but, but you did look over his shoulder and Stormzy was waving at you. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I don't follow football, so we... No. You know, he's yeah. a lovely he's a lovely bloke. He is and, a lovely and, man, and, you yeah. know, I tell you what, out of all the people, all the yeah. celebrities there, when he stood up to ask his question, he absolutely took the roof off. He did. He got a big, See? massive round of applause. Yeah, the power yeah, yeah, of, The yeah. power of he football. Really you should have got into it. Yeah. Um, is it too late? Uh, yeah, well, no, it's never too know. late. It's never too late. We'll take you on. Tried match. everything else. We'll take you to a game. <laughs> oh, that was very much part of your set. You obviously yeah. loved it enough, didn't you? Um, so what, what's, I mean, I know you and Charlie and, and, and Steve oh, yeah. Brown, you did I Can't Sing, we've been working on stuff. Is that, do you want to do another musical? Do you well, like we're working it? on a new musical, Tony Blair, and, you know, Charlie very kindly played Tony Blair in this mm. workshop and, uh, mm. I mean, it was really good fun, wasn't it? It's great fun, yeah. yeah. It's good. People, where, there's, a, there's a part on it when the whole cabinet walks on one by one, oh, yeah. like their variety acts almost, and yeah. people's reaction to sort of David well, Blunkett walking on or, or Robin Cook or Prescott walking on, like yeah. a sort of, yeah. uh, okay, like Bernard Manning. Well, they're back in the consciousness because of the Blair Brown documentary yeah. series, That's which was fantastic. Brilliant. Yeah, it's very yeah. good. Yeah. So I think and also, are... yeah, you, re- you forget what big characters they were. Yeah. Way. I mean, they didn't seem particularly at that time, but compared to, you know, what sure. we've got now. Um, and so beyond that, more any other plans? Working on a tour on you? I'm going to, so I'm going to tour next <clears> autumn. You know, I've, I did a, like a week at the Soho Theatre just to see if I still had the appetite for mm. it. And I mean, it's partly because I haven't been able to do it because yeah. of the lockdowns. Mm-hmm. So I've come back at it with renewed vigour. And, uh, and I think the audiences seem, I don't know how you found it, but they just seem really pleased to see. I hate yeah. me, my career's over. Comedians. <laughs> no, no, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, so I'm doing that, and I don't know, I've got various other things. And you're doing a little tour around the book, aren't you, as well? So. Oh, well, I'm doing a book, yeah, yeah <clears throat> a, a book tour of, uh, I mean, on Friday I'm in Brighton, Saturday I'm in Tring. Uh, yeah. It's little places, I'm going to Cardiff, Glasgow, 
kind of small places just to, um, well, in my mind, I'm thinking, see if I can face the travel as well, you know. Mm. You know that touring, <laughs> touring is, you know, a big yeah, part of it yeah. is the show, but the, a bigger part is the travel. I always travel. say I get yeah. paid for the driving. I'll do the gig for free. Pay me for the driving. <laughs> <laughs> get mileage allowance. Yeah. Uh, well, it's good to see you. Oh, and, you know, Junior Bake Off. I, I, oh, yeah, you're doing oh, that. TV-wise. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. That's back in January. So I've been, I'm doing the voiceovers for that. That was a lot of fun in the summer, I have to say. There's some really, really? funny kids this year. Well, best of luck with the book. Thank and you. People are enjoying it. We just sort of scratched it. There is advice for comics. We never got round to that, but there's some really good stuff in there as well if you're if you're looking to go into that business. Um, some yeah. lovely stuff, some fantastic old pictures as well. So uh, it's called Fight, uh, and it is uh, it's published by uh, Hodder Studio, and it's out in hardback on Thursday. We'll yeah. see you soon. Really good Thanks to see you. Thanks for coming in. Thanks. Cheers. Paul Hawksby, Charlie Baker here on Talk Sport. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. We're speaking about bad reviews there with Harry. He opens the book with a bad review. Uh, Morecambe Wise's first ever review on television was uh, television, the box they buried Morecambe and Wise in. Yeah. That was well, their first ever bad review, So they trained on. Trolled. You're, uh, you're telling us this afternoon about... Um, this is because Charlie said, well done, ref, thanks very much, <laughs> after his kids' game the other day. And the bloke said, I'm not the ref, mate. I've just got a black shirt on. <laughs> That's all it took. And you do get some... I'm Cheers, just, ref. Nice one. What, what are you, what are you <laughs> Too wearing? Too much respect. Uh, I wore a green T-shirt in Asda, said Nico. Uh, uh, yesterday, this was. Long story short, I'm covering Sandra's shift next Tuesday. Uh, that's, a lovely, that's an old joke. Lovely old joke. Yes, it very, very good. I was in Brent Cross one afternoon. I went to Marx's, Waitrose and Phoenix. I got asked three times for help. I put it down to the pencil <laughs> in my top pocket of my that, shirt. That can do it, Paul, can't Johnny, it? It's all it pen, takes. Pen behind your ear. Or something. Yeah. Back to Tim Fine. Tim Fine. Pen behind your ear. Yeah, pen... Pens in the top pocket, yeah, that's going to get you asked, People think you work there, don't they? Yeah. Carry a clipboard around, you're getting anywhere, Paul. Yeah. Getting anywhere. Well, uh, Chris said, uh, I always get mistaken for a staff member at the tip. You know, I've got this bright green work <laughs> jumper on and people saying, got an electric fanny, mate, where do I put those? What's this just kettle? A, just a green jumper Broken down the kettle. tip. The people who work at the tip, Paul, I don't know what your tip is like. Yeah. They either absolutely love it, don't they? A lot of them absolutely Love working down oh, yeah, the recycling yeah, yeah. centre, yeah. and they take great pride in. Whoa, 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 ho, 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 ho. That's got glass on whoa. it. It is predominantly wood. <laughs> that is plastics, mate. That's you're talking about a sixty forty split between wood and glass there. So, so you know, I, I'm going wood. That can't go in there, mate. That's garden waste. <laughs> yeah, that's it. They love it, don't they? Yeah, that's they're, it. They, oh, but they, their eyesight's incredible. <laughs> they're like a bird of prey. <laughs> it's like they're flying over the tip. And like you're a little mouse, aren't they? You think like, you think you take it out of the car. You think, the all-seeing oh, eye. I'm not walking fifty yards with this. <laughs> you know, it's 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 general waste. Yeah. Oh, you got a, it could have a done-up black bin bag yeah. full of paper. You know, I mean, they'll a say rubble bag. Oh, there's an apple core in that bag of uh, <laughs> apple core. In, how do they do a it? Forensic, maybe like it's a kestrel. Look, maybe the, the 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 interview to get the job is a yeah. lot tougher than you think, it Paul. Because you know, be part, you've got to be able to see. Is there plasterboard? In, is there plasterboard in that? Because <laughs> if so, that is four quid. Yeah, that's it. It's four quid to dump rub, yeah. uh, plasterboard it. And also, you get the people who turn up at the tip porn. They love I mean, I, I'm a bit like it myself. I'm a bit mm. like, there's nothing wrong with that. Oh, so you take stuff. I, I, do you come I, back I've, with... I've gone over My dad stuff, was like that. Very regular. My dad would I'll, go back with more stuff in the car <laughs> yeah. than he went with you. Yeah, well, if yeah. people throw out big boxes of tiles, Paul, I'm like, well, there's nothing wrong with those tiles. They're all right. Someone can do it. And I'll turn up... <laughs> <laughs> Imagine being married to me, Paul. Yeah. It's unbelievable, isn't it? Nineteen years ago. The heart music comes in. <laughs> Imagine it. Yep. Yeah. So I've turned up with a big box of tiles at home. They're well terrible coloured tiles. We've recently Probably moved from some specialist <laughs> clinic that they've thrown away that you want in your bathroom. We've recently moved. Cold medical tiles. I was empty in the shed. Yeah. And my wife was like Stig of the dump. These tiles. Yeah. We didn't even buy these tiles. When you're gonna use them. Are, anyway, we digress. Eagle-eyed hawks, Paul. Uh, do keep telling us your stories. Did you, uh, did you watch yeah. Mike Bubbin's show, Paul? It was brilliant. Brilliant, oh, yeah, wasn't it? I didn't talk about it I wanted it to talk about car reffing. That's what I wanted to talk yeah. about. That was my... That and that and the old lady... Yeah. Uh, Mike, uh, Mike, Mike yes. was on with us last week. He's written a, a, a sitcom. It's available on a BBC iPlayer. It was on BBC Wales last week. It was brilliant. It'd be, 
It's really gentle a and crime. really fun. As I said to him, a lot of laughs and a lot of heart. That's what yeah. I liked about it's it. It's a great... His, his performance is so likeable yeah. in the middle there. He's, he's He sort of sticks to his... Like we were just talking we about Harry there. The premise is... Yes, um, it's, he's, a brilliant, he's, it's the most brilliant premise yeah. of any uh, sitcom. A 1970s sports teacher who goes on a skiing trip with the kids, gets caught in an avalanche, and uh, they, they thaw him out years later. Yeah. And um, he's still alive. So he yeah. goes back to work in the same school as a sports teacher now with all the sensibilities of the modern day yeah. um, that he had in 1979 when he was frozen. His yeah. name is Tony Mammoth and uh, his best friend is now in his 80s, lives in a care home. Yeah. Of course, they were still mates. And, uh, and He does a lot, some cut. A lot of some of the, of the teaching he does in is his perfect. Black book. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, many of them have sadly passed on or are in their 80s There's as lots well. of just little, little, yeah. tiny little touches that, that really lift it. And yeah. the car reffing for me where he, yes. he, wants to have a, he wants to have a pipe, the sports teacher, PE teacher, Wants to, I think it's based on Mike's PE teacher. Right. Smoking uh, his pipe. Smoking his pipe in the, pipe, in the car. from the car. Refs from the car. And no whistle with a horn. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so play to the horn, lads. Play to the horn, is the, the, it's the great line. So, uh, did you try you know, car? Well, I, I thought about it. I sent him a picture on Sunday saying, "Am I too far away to car ref?" You know, <laughs> so it's a bit too far away. Yeah. But, uh, if you've done any car refing, yeah. let us uh, know. We, it was a, car we had a, refing on a Star Trek. Yeah, we had a great call once from a referee who locked himself in the dressing room, <laughs> and while they had to go and get a locksmith, <laughs> um, oh, on, they, not on purpose. Oh uh, no, it was by no by accident. <laughs> he, he wasn't being chased, but it was complete accident. Yeah, and. Um, he said, they said, well, well, we'll have to wait till the locksmith gets here. He said, no, I can still see the pitch through the window. <laughs> so he threw a small crack in the window. And then suddenly a bit, and you'd hear this very echoey whistle <laughs> from about 40 yards away. I saw that free kick. And he did the first 15, 20 minutes that. before they hacked What's the up? furthest you've reft from? 8, yeah. 10, 89. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Well, uh, Max Verstappen's win at the weekend has made things very, very interesting in the mm. world of uh, Formula One. You would think that, uh, you know, Lewis Hamilton's going to have to win the four remaining races. To get it's it made done. it interesting, Paul. It, it for sure me, is to say that about Formula One is a, is a huge, huge <laughs> thing. I used, to, I used to absolutely love it. I've been really? to some races, all sorts of stuff. Wow. But in, recently, it's become a bit of a procession. But this season, wow. switched back on again. You remember the golden era of, of, of our course, next guest? Of course. David Coulthard joins us. Hi, David. Hi, how are you doing, guys? Yeah, yeah good, thank we're you. good. Yes, we're, 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 we'll come on to the, the end of the season in a moment. But it's the uh, Brazil this weekend's the final sprint event. Now, you often have a lot of rain at Brazil. I think it's forecast this weekend as well. Is that going to have any bearing on the way that works out? Because they have had some heavy rain in the past, haven't they? Yeah, it is something that, you you know, the sort of altitude and the location of the Sao Paulo circuit, you know, just on the outskirts of Sao Paulo itself, you know, a sprawling city. So, uh, you know, atmosphere is always pretty good. I'm not sure they'll have to go some to beat the atmosphere we had in Mexico. Um, but the uh, the weather is definitely going to play a factor. It's, it's overcast as I've just arrived in, in Brazil this morning, but it's still very warm. So you do get high, let's say, ground temperature. So if any showers come, then the track tends to dry quite quickly as well, which will throw open all sorts of challenges, you know, in terms of where you go with your tyre strategy. Uh, it just so happens that both Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen are brilliant wet drivers. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not like we can say, oh, OK, that will advantage Hamilton in his battle with uh, Verstappen for the championship. They're, these guys are, you know, the equal of each other. Um, just at very different stages of their careers. I know they've done a survey on on the sprint uh, event, and it seems that the sort of people that have a kind of casual interest in F1, um, they seem to love it. But some of the hardcore aren't keen, you know, the traditionalists. uh, So, you know, the jury's still out in some quarters. Yeah, but, you know, who wants to hold back change and Mm. development? I think, personally, I think it's great because it gives more value to the weekend. You know, if we look at, Sport, what, what you know, the business of sport, the fans that pay the hard-earned money, whether it's to sit in a, you know, um, you know, in the stands at, at a football match or whether it's you know out in the grandstands at a Grand Prix, they're there to be entertained. And the format of practice sessions doesn't really give meaning to what they're watching. Where an actual shortened sprint event, every driver is giving a hundred percent, and there's points available, and it has an impact on the qualifying for the race on Sunday. I get it that some people don't like change. Um, but you know, I, I don't. I don't come from that position. I think change is opportunity. I think change is exciting. I think that the, uh, the you know the new owners and management of Formula One 
are saying we need to compete with mm. other great sports. And as you mentioned, you know, the sport maybe wasn't the most exciting over the last few years, but the changes uh, that are coming in play for next year as well, new car regulations, which should allow the cars to run closer together. I think we're in a, in a really healthy place to start taking more of your Sunday afternoons to watch Grand Prix. Mm, yeah. Lewis Hamilton, do you, do you feel like he's taken his eye off the ball a bit this this year? He's, he's won so many uh, championships now. That if, do, you, do you feel like he's, he's, he's almost become too successful, bigger than the sport almost? Personally, no. I've known Lewis since he was a boy. You know, he signed to McLaren when I was racing there. Um, you know, he was 12 years old at the time, so I've literally seen him go from boy to man. Yeah. He, he put the helmet on and there is nothing he wants more than to drive the wheels off the car and, and to be successful. Out of the car, which is probably where, you know, some people make judgment, he has a very sort of rich and diverse um, lifestyle, which mm-hmm. sees him pop up, you know, a lot in the States and what have you, which is contrary to, you know, 24-year-old Max Verstappen, who you don't really see in between Grand Prix. But in the end, uh, downtime and, and, and positive distractions are good things, and he's, he's made it work well for him. So I think it would be a brave person uh, to, to challenge uh, yeah. either his focus or dedication. What I think really endorses it, and it, it did surprise me, is that he signed earlier this year for a further two years. At his stage of his career, with all his success, with the age and experience, he could almost do a year-by-year contract. Um, and of course, you can always walk away from a contract if you suddenly lose the love. But the fact he was prepared to commit and, and put that out publicly just shows that his happy place is competition. You know, all the other stuff is just what he does in between being a mm. Grand Prix driver. How, how long do you think he's got left, David? Because, I mean, when, when does it come as a Formula One driver that you think, oh, it's, the twitch muscle isn't quite there? Or maybe <laughs> maybe you feel like you're not, not quite in it as, as you once were? Yeah. Well, uh, you know, have a look I bet that's at quite a scary my, time, actually. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it Another is, Twitch it, muscle it takes over. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fear comes into it. Um, you know, I, I was uh, clearly not in the same class as, as those drivers, but, you know, I always had absolute commitment and, and belief that I was improving. And then by the time I reached 37, suddenly I started to have little niggles of doubt. And you initially don't tell anyone because you you know this is a new feeling what is this feeling mm. you know i've been doing this since i was a kid and then it manifests itself into the reality that you 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 know you're not losing the ability you're losing the desire and desire is such a huge part of any sports yeah. person you know male or female and at the moment lewis has the desire but if you go through the history of the sport there's been times when strong-minded people like nicky lauda or james hunt walked away mid-season if you look at you know Michael Schumacher when he came back after a couple of years away, he he simply wasn't as good. You know he he was still his history and his seven world championships were an amazing calling card, but he just didn't perform at the same level because he was in his forties. And you know you get those that deny, and you get those that accept. And you know when it comes to physicality and you 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 know just the way the body is, you you just you know who in in let's say very either fast twitch or high response or very physical sports are still really delivering in the 40s. Mm. Um, I saw Sir Jackie Stewart saying he didn't think it would be a bad thing if Verstappen held off Hamilton. There was, there was a, a new driver at the top of the tree in Red Bull winning. Um, I mean, as much as we'd love to see him do it as a Brit, it's quite hard to argue that having a different winner wouldn't be good for the sport. And, it would, you know, how do you feel about that, David? Yeah, I, I totally agree with with Jackie's point of view. Um, you know, I said earlier uh, that both of them deserve it. So this is not a question of, you know, does one deserve more than the other? Has one got a better car? These are two exceptional athletes at the top of their game, two different phases of their careers. You know, Lewis in his early, what is he, 36, 37, um, you know, Max 24. Very different. You know, Lewis is a seven-time champion, Max trying to get his first title. Uh, but in the end, when the helmet's visor closes, they're, they're just racers and they're, as I say, both able to perform exceptionally, certainly better than anyone else out there currently. Um, I think Max winning the championship would be better for the sport. I think uh, it would be a good little uh, reset for Lewis as well to keep his motivation. To, he always says that the eighth title is not really, doesn't change anything for him and certainly it wouldn't make his legacy any better. Um, you know, he's an exceptional driver and he's earned that right. But, uh, you know, if I look at a lot of the youngsters that come up to me who are gamers, you know, Max is a gamer and they relate to him in a way. And I think that, you know, sport, the business of sport is always about trying to 
capture a new audience and and bring bring those those eyeballs to to the track and i think max would do that and and if you were betting men would you say it's gone do you think or or not no nope. <laughs> <laughs> i don't i i think this is going to the wire mm. i tell you if i was if i was a, a betting man then i would have placed my bets if i had that confidence but um i think that this is going to ebb and flow you know there's a feeling that lewis really needs to try and deliver in brazil this weekend it is a circuit that max has been exceptional and red bull have, have performed well in the past but as you mentioned weather can turn that on its head uh, we've also seen max getting taken out whilst leading the grand prix a few years ago by ocon who was being lapped so you know it's not over to the checkered flag quite literally so um i think it's going to abu dhabi i hope it goes to abu dhabi you know i work in, in broadcasting now so um it just adds i'm nervous i'm nervous because i'm a fan and and you know ultimately i can't influence who wins and and in that respect i'm just enjoying the ride and i think as you mentioned earlier this is actually a, a great season of formula one it's engaging yeah. uh previous seasons maybe haven't quite delivered that well good to talk to you enjoy the race david all the best thanks a lot Thank you very much. Bye-bye. David Coulthard there. You can tune in this Saturday for the third instalment of the F1 Sprint at the San Paolo Grand Prix. Be live on Sky Sports F1 highlights on Channel 4. Lovely stuff. I mean, in their relationship, the way it's been very edgy, crashes and stuff, it's yeah. been... It's it's added to the, the spice. You don't it, want the crashes, Paul, but, no, you, know, but you, you know, also like it when there's a crash. Well, well, well when the, you know, when the, when they, you know, those two getting stuck into each other and going head to head. It's no Newton Abbott stocked car, though, is it, well, it, is it Paul? I mean, but no. then what is? Yeah, that's very true. You know, you know, what sport is, Paul? Motorsport for me isn't motorsport unless the doors have been welded up on an old Austin Cambridge. I don't <laughs> know about you. Exactly. Newton Abbott used to, the uh, bom- bonfire, the night, broom. bonfire night, used to have the uh, bonfire in the middle of the stock, par- stock car track. That sounds like a health and, and, they, and, they'd, and they'd, they'd race round it. I don't know why they don't do it anymore, Paul. <laughs> you have this massive change. bonfire, stock car night. What, it's what brilliant. could possibly go wrong? Brilliant. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. England are uh, building up to uh, a couple of World Cup qualifiers starting on Friday. Yep. And joining us now, our uh, England correspondent, Hugh Woosencroft. Hi, Hugh. Hi, good afternoon, guys. So what are they up to today? Who are we going to be uh, hearing from uh, players? Gareth, Gareth chatting to the press as well. Well, we're hearing press conferences today uh, from Rhys James. We'll hear from Emil Smith-Rowe as well, of course, called into his first England squad yesterday. A few players Mm. uh, dropping out of the England squad, a few not here as well as yet. Chelsea's uh, Mason Mount having Mm. dental surgery on some wisdom teeth. He's not here uh, at the moment. And we know that a few pulled out as well, including Marcus Mm. Rashford and Luke Shaw, uh, who aren't here at the moment. James Ward-Prowse as well. We saw the players train a little bit earlier on, actually, by the time we got into training. Half of the players were already making their way off the field, but we did get to see a, a decent game of one touch, six aside, and some finishing training. Uh, Reese James, by the way, should be starting up front for England the way he was finishing this morning. It was unbelievable. Top bins every single time. Mm. Um, Phil, Phil Foden scored an overhead kick as well, which was pretty good too. So, um, yeah, stuff. saw the players train a little bit earlier on. The mood, very, very good ahead of these games. Players very happy, and they're doing loads of media today. Um, so many of them will be speaking across the broadcasters and newspapers yeah. too. I mean, be, I, wonder, I wonder if Aaron Ramsdale will get a cap uh, at some point. I mean, these are World Cup qualifiers. You can't be cavalier with them. You've got to make good choices. But if they get the first game won um, against Albania, you think, you know, it should be pretty straightforward against San Marino. And he was talking to the uh, Darren Bent and, and Alex and Darren the other week saying, you know, talk about me as the number one. I've got to get a cap first. So I wonder if he will get a chance in these couple of games. I'm going to whisper, gentlemen, my answer to this. I've just been asked to keep the noise down slightly because there was a a press conference going on just behind me. And as you both know, I'm a very, very loud person. Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, Aaron Aaron Ramsdale, you know, in that six-a-side game a little bit earlier on was playing outfield, which is maybe an indication that he he probably won't get a chance. Maybe he'll come on outfield. That's where he's getting his first cap up from. Smash it. Possibly. Possibly. (laughs) Um, We know Sam Johnston has been the the backup to Jordan Pickford Mm. on occasion. Started the game against Andorra as well, of course. Uh, during the last international break. So it probably will be him if it's not Jordan Pickford in goal. But these two games are very important, of course, with Seal a place uh, in the next World Cup. So expect to see Pickford in both, I imagine. Yeah. That Mason Mount, it's, it is tough to get an appointment at the moment, isn't it? So, <laughs> you think he's had <laughs> so I'm not, so, I'm not surprised yeah. he's, he's had to take the time off, you know. It's, so. it's nasty, though, that is. Yeah. And he might be getting a cap anyway, you know, on his teeth. There it is. Yeah. Thanks very much for coming, everybody. <laughs> Good night. Are. Thank you. There we are. He's here all week. We certainly. 
but he's back on Thursday. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Um, so, we, we, it's interesting to hear what Gareth's got to say uh, around these games. And um, Two pretty simple games, isn't it? Two pretty Alba- easy games. Albania, Albania, Albania. blood a few people in these. Oh, Albania have got some weapons. Yeah, but we you can lose qualify. it. doesn't matter, does it? Oh, Charlie, that's I, why I you're not the England better. manager. The major concern will be, I think, England against Hungary last time around. Yeah. Although the game was a draw, I think they really felt they fell massively beneath the levels that we should expect from the team. They, they couldn't really explain why it hadn't clicked for them at Wembley in that one-all draw. I remember in the last four games, there have been two draws. The mm. two wins uh, in the last four games came against Andorra, but there was a draw in there against Poland, a draw against Hungary as well. And we know, and we will be asking about this, a lot of the players from that starting lineup at Euro 2020 aren't really at their best at the moment. We wonder whether there's a bit of a hangover. So that's really what we'll be asking the players about today. We'll get to speak to Gareth Southgate and the captain, Harry Kane, later on this week. Yeah, just get the qualifying done. Be very yeah. professional about that. and They're then start, beat start Marino, the building for uh, next year. Well, well, that'd be a massive shock. It'd be lovely with you. The producers just said it's like having Bob Harris doing yeah, the, doing the Yes, there he is. Really great again. England team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hugh, we'll let you go. Nice. Thanks, okay, thanks, Hugh. Thanks for joining us. Cheers, David James, Attenborough doing the... Doing the football update and there, in the distance, <laughs> a Gareth, Gareth Southgate badger, Southgate badger. <laughs> ferreting around in the undergrowth. That was going. In case you uh, yeah. missed it, Harry Hill was with us. Harry Hill was with us in the first hour and and, and went to see the a, a gig that uh, Charlie was working at, doing the warm up for the audience with Adele. And Gareth uh, saw Harry, and his first question was, "Why did you have a Gareth Southgate badger in the Badger Parade?" Come on, think how long that had been in his mind. Yeah. You know, when I see that Harry, I'm twenty-five gonna, years I'm of wondering. <laughs> twenty-five years of wondering why he had the Gareth Southgate, and he finally meets Harry Hill, and that's he meets him. First thing he wants to ask him. <laughs> He's excited. He's just walked up the red carpet into yeah. the London Palladium. Hey, whoa! Yes, <laughs> wasn't even going to take. Didn't wasn't even bothered about Adele. Just turned up. Just turned up because he heard Harry was going to yeah, be there. An audience with. Going to find out why that badger was called Gareth Southgate Badger. Anyway, um, still to come. Uh, we'll tell you about the vat. Why am I still whispering? We're still whispering. <laughs> just really? realised I'm new still. Style for it's you, like Paul. I'm upsetting it's a new you. New style. Shouting in the background. Um, we're going to. Nine hundred pubs. Yeah, yeah. Green King. <laughs> Great. Yeah. It's more uh, late. It's not this yeah. time of day because you can't. Pee Darren Goff and Andy Goldstein coming up after us. Yeah, you think? But this, it feels like it's now midnight, doesn't it? Now, as soon as you start doing very, that, I'm suddenly very tired. Yeah, want to play a bit of uh, Bob Dylan now. Okay. <laughs> I like it, Charlie. This could be you could you could get over. You could be the king Black of overnight smoke there with uh, Martin Kellner's looking over really, his shoulder. Really great music, not for the first time. Um, so uh, yeah, Paddy Agnew's going to join us. We've got the Vatican. I don't know what that means. Yeah, we got the Vatican Cup. At the yes, moment. eight teams. All, it's all museums and stuff, isn't it? I mean, the museum, the museum. They got to go to the Stockport Hat Museum, and yeah. they got to get something. They, it's, no, it's the museum staff versus the the coppers, the gendarmerie, oh, yeah. or whatever the Italian is for that. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, Carabinieri, uh, maybe. So anyway, we'll talk about Carabinieri that. Carabinieri there in session. Yeah, and uh, then we're, then we're going to find out about um, yeah, the name. I'm doing it again. Wheels the naming rights of a football the stadium. Have fallen off today. Four twenty quid. That's we are here with uh, Green King. Your home of pub sports. Lovely stuff. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. I like now, it when they get the footballs in in the talk sport shop, Paul, because they all get, like, a couple get pumped up and they get volleyed around the office. around the office, you know, yeah. I saw Darren Bent was uh, doing some keepy-uppies. Was he? The other day in, in the office. Did he go down injured? And I said, well, <laughs> cheap shot there, Charlie. <laughs> I said to him, you never lose it. And he said, you say that, I've just kicked the ball into my own face. <laughs> <laughs> So he wasn't covering Imagine himself. Just, he, just, just check if I've still got yeah, it. He said I wasn't covering myself in glory, particularly. Anyway, see anyway. what Xavi uh, has said and, and taken over from... Uh, Xavi? He's, what, he's come, what, he's just, you, you got him? Xavi No, no, he's, he just said... Uh, his first thing he said, we believe that the best way to win is by playing well. Yeah, that's well, his quote. Good luck with it, that's pretty, Barcelona. That's, that's pretty sound. I'd well say. done, good stuff. Now, uh, the chance to name a football ground whatever you like. I mean, really, you need to be a kind of super rich blue chip company, really, to be yeah. able to afford the naming rights on a stadium. But this is your opportunity, potentially, for twenty pounds if you buy a raffle ticket. Uh, Lantwent Major. Uh, in the Vale of Glamorgan in Wales, they have decided that they will let a punter, if they buy a season, uh, a raffle ticket for 20 quid, name the stadium whatever they want for mm. the rest of the season. Oh, for the season, right, good. So it's not forever. Well, still. I mean, still pretty it, good. It, it, pretty good, isn't it? But it is opening them up to 
I mean, I'm assuming within reason. Well, Paul. that's right. Well, let's find out. Ben is from the club. He joins us now. Hi, Ben. Hi, guys. How you doing? Yeah, good, ben. Good, thank you. I mean, yeah, you, look, you, it can't be anything too uh, obscene or unpleasant. Have you not learned from Boaty McBoatface? Well, I, I did see you replying to that. If they want to call it Stady McStadeface, then you'll, you'll do it because they've paid their 20 quid. Is that right? Absolutely. Um, you know, the only thing, we're not going to have anything that's too offensive to anyone. Um, but apart from that, it can be whatever they want. Um, we've had some quite interesting entries already, I would say. Um, someone this morning um, wanted to call it the I Like Spaghetti Stadium, which is quite interesting. Mm. Uh, <laughs> is there, is there and, any uh, link to the club? Is the club got, I mean, or is that just completely random? It's no link to your club, that, I, I think. I think that someone with 20 quid to spend who really likes spaghetti and wants the world to know about it. Yeah, okay. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so where did this idea come from? Um, so we're, we're a very small club. Mm. Um, we've come through divisions. We were playing amateur football not so long ago. And with um, Cardiff City and Swansea 30 or 40 minutes away, um, it's quite difficult to attract someone to come in and spend like um, a significant amount of cash on sponsoring the stadium. So we thought, you know, why not open it up to everyone? Uh, most people can afford to chuck in 20 quid and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had the idea while having a couple of pints uh, the other day and thought, actually, you know, um, most ideas you have when having a beer, not the best. This one, quite decent. Um, mm-hmm. So we, we launched the competition last night and had quite a bit of interest so mm-hmm. far. And, um, yeah, we're hoping that it can really help the club to um, improve some of our facilities and move on to the next level if possible. So what will they get for their 20 quid? They won't get it on the roof of the stadium. Will they, would you have any sort of signage? Or will it be on, it'll be on the front of the programme? Or the guy over the PA will say, welcome to the I Love Spaghetti Stadium for this afternoon's <laughs> game. Will they, what will they get? Yeah, so we're going we're gonna to have a board up at the stadium saying the whatever the winning name is. Um, it'll be in the match programme. It'll be on all of our social media channels. Um, we've actually been on TV and on the radio a couple of times um, this mm-hmm. season because... We've been having quite a decent um, season, so a couple of our games have been featured on the, the Welsh version of Match of the Day. So um, whoever is the winner, they will get quite a decent about a bit of coverage for it. And um, at the end of the season, when the name goes back, um, we're also going to send them like a nice um, frame certificate and maybe a shirt or something like that um, to show that they had this name of the stadium and that it was it was theirs um, for half a season or so. Wow. Where do you stand legally if someone wants to call it like the Bernabeu? Or like yeah. Wembley. Yes. Yeah. yeah, we have uh, one of the entries that I liked actually was someone wanted to call it Lamfield, um, which is quite <laughs> oh, good. That's nice. Yeah, that's good. You should do that anyway. That's great. Yeah, so you've, you've noticed if you yeah. puns already on existing grounds. Lamfield is great. Yeah, we've had Lamfield. We've had the Lancero. Um, there's a few few good options out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think we're. I think pretty much within reason. Um, Legally, we can call it pretty much whatever we okay. want. So we'll, we'll have to see what comes out of the winner's hat when we pick it out. But um, we're, we're pretty confident that we're not going to be uh, not going to be sent to jail at least. So we're we'll calling it like Keith. Could it, can can yeah. it be just called sort of Keith or Dave? We, we or go down like to Keith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If if someone if someone called Keith wants to check in twenty quid, we'll happily call it Keith. Yeah. Um, we have had the Michael Dukas Thunderdome as one of the options, which I thought nice. was quite good. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose a lot of people just naming it. It'd be a nice gift for someone. Lovely, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Really I mean, but I think one Maybe Spurs check... could do it, Paul, because, you know, you're, yeah. you're looking for naming rights for, I, the, I think, for the new place. I think Daniel you? might want more than 20 quid a ticket for that particular <laughs> raffle. Although I think we, we could we should go on this show for the Sir Johnny Weaver Memorial. I think we should, we should definitely give, drop him 20 quid I for it. I think we'll Paul. have to yeah, put yeah, the. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Sir Johnny. Sir Johnny's. Uh, he, he, he's, it's the Memorial Stadium. He's still very much with Sir us. Johnny Weaver Memorial, of course. We should, you know. So it will be a completely random draw within reason. The first. First one you pull out is obscene or offensive or uh, you know litigious. That will go to one side. Or you won't put those in the hat in the first place. Obviously, you'll only put the stuff yeah. that can possibly win. Yeah, exactly. So once um, so we're going to run the competition until December the third because our next home games on December the fourth. Right. And before that, I'll take out anything that's um, racist or you know um, that we wouldn't call the stadium. No, um, of course. And then, and then after that, we'll do a random draw. We're going to stream it on our social channels as well, so people can see that we haven't just fixed it so the chairman wins. Um, and then um, after that, it's going to. So our next game is the day after. Um, we're taking on Britain Ferry, one of the best teams in the league. Um, and we've got eight more home games after that one. And after that, it'll be the official name for the rest of the season. 
Fantastic. Well, well do let us know, Ben, what happens, and we will follow up with the listeners. But um, and I'm not, we don't want any favouritism. It'll go into the hat with yeah, everybody yeah. else. But it would be a joy, wouldn't it? That, oh, uh, the Johnny, the, Weaver, the the Johnny Sir, Weaver Stadium. The Sir, Sir Johnny Weaver Stadium would be would be fitting, I think, to the end if, of the If stadium. not this one, Paul, we're going to look for that sponsorship opportunity. Yeah. And what, I mean, what, what would it mean to the club? I mean, if you get... White Hart of, Land, someone's uh, Stu said. White Hart Land, that's very good, yeah. That's, I should have gone with that. So if you, all these 20 quids will just help keep the club um, going, yeah? After a difficult period, I guess. Yeah, so obviously um, we didn't play for almost a year with the COVID situation and um, our, our club has, has no money. Um, you know, I... I run the social media. I don't get paid for that. Our chairman, our players, um, the coaches, they don't get paid. So we just rely on kind of the money that we make from ticket sales. And we have a couple of sponsorships um, on the shirt and in the program and stuff like that. Um, what the money's really going to go towards is improving our ground, hmm. um, you know, putting in floodlights, hopefully um, getting some turnstiles in because we're hoping that one day in the future, in the next couple of years, um, we might be able to go up to the Welsh Premier League. Um, and to do that, your ground has to be a certain standard. Um, at the moment, it's it's not there yet. We've we've made some improvements, but it's not there. So that's what the money is going to be going towards, kind of um, taking our ground up a level and working towards like really a bright future for the club. Well, it's a great idea, Ben. We wish you well with it. Um, and uh, we look forward to finding out who uh, who are the winners. So people can go and find you. Uh, Lampwit Major AFC that's two L's A-N-T-W-I-T it's on Twitter it's a link there to the page on the website as well so if you fancy having uh, somebody's name or your name on the stadium go and check it out cheers Ben thank you yeah thanks a lot see you soon here we are Ben from Lampwit Major AFC yeah Leave that with me, the Sir Johnny Man Weaver City stadium. FC put the bridge from the academy to the stadium up to be named they were overwhelmed with votes to call it Wayne <laughs> that's what happened, David. You, I think people raf- love to hijack this sort of thing. But don't a they? raffle can't be. That's the great thing. They can put all the names in, then they pull it out. So it's not like a popular. You don't give them a short list and, a, and people just subvert it. This is this is properly uh, a random draw. So, well, good idea though for the clubs. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are. That was this afternoon show. I think the I think really the, the rot set in after the Aerosmith Bruce Forsyth yes. stuff. I don't know where that came from. All downhill from there. Yes. So anyway, Charlie, you're back on Thursday for the birthday spread. Indeed, yep. Uh, Andy will be here tomorrow. Uh, Jack Dee's with us Thursday, isn't he? Coming in. A cavalcade. It's almost like all the comedians have got books out. Yeah, it is, isn't he? Yeah, flogging them for Christmas. Anyway, we look forward to that. Join myself and Andy if you can tomorrow from one. If not, podcast available about 4.30. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.